0: However, and wherever you listen to Vision, you can be sure that the announcers, programs, and music will help you look to God daily. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media.
1: Mums and dads never underestimate the value. Of your input and your influence but your influence is only going to be the most effective is if you're doing it through relationship today's teenagers are growing up in an ever-changing landscape and we need to prepare them for life my wife Kate and myself Brett Ryan spoke to Northreach Community Church on the topic of raising older children to give an overview and some easy to understand principles including managing conflict understanding behaviour and individuation. Today's broadcast is part one of three of this talk for Focus on the Family Australia. And So we're going to talk about some of the big issues and the potential for handling conflict and just talking about this stuff because have this embedded into your brain, it is never too early to talk to your kids about the big issues at an age-appropriate level before society will. Because that will. Society will get into their world. And you as parents have what I call first voice privilege. We need to maximise it. So we're going to grapple with different things. And especially in our culture today, very highly sexualised, we need to start talking about those things as openly and honestly as possible. So there's a lot of thing in the idea of being informed. Being informed is actually downloading information. Being involved is understanding what makes your kids tick. And then putting those into practice and being intentional.
0: I think a lot of the times we don't understand our children because we haven't read about them. There are a lot of really renowned people out there, child psychologists particularly, who can teach you some things about the physiological changes and how it affects their behaviour. Now, being a teacher... I saw this all the time, and I'm going to talk from a boy perspective right now. Is so many teachers didn't understand how to teach boys because if a boy was looking out the window, or a boy was going to sleep, or a boy was doing something that was contrary to what they should have been doing, they were being disobedient, you know, disrespectful, disrespectful rebellious, whatever it was. And I said to them, you need to pick up a book because they go through hormonal changes and when they are doing growth spurts, they can just basically disappear. Our eldest who was just always so well behaved, I decided that I I read um, Steve Bidoff's book on raising boys, uh, absolutely fantastic book if you're raising boys. And
1: he's also got one called Raising (laughs) Raising
0: Girls girls as well. so. So they're both really good. And one of the things was it said... When your son has a growth spurt and a hormonal change, he actually disappears. It becomes fogged. So they talked about it being in two-week period blocks. And so I decided to do a test. And oh, my goodness, because my eldest son, he was like, he disappeared. He absolutely disappeared. So in his head, he was gone. So I would say to him, darling, could you please go into your room and bring out your plate? Sure, Mum. He'd go into his room, never come out. And I said, darling, are you bringing that plate? Oh, yeah, 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 I'm bringing it. Nothing. And after the fifth time, I said to him, darling, what happened to the plate? And he goes, oh, the plate. Oh, sorry. And I went, oh, my goodness me, because usually he's like that. And so I decided to clock it. Two weeks to the day he came back out again. And it does it every time they have that growth spurt and hormonal change. So we have to know and understand our children. We need to be watching out for them. Don't just assume they are being disobedient. We can jump at something that isn't actually disobedience. Mm. It's not an intentional thing. And so we have to read and learn what it is. And, of course, girls going through their menstrual cycle, pre-, post-, middle-, You know, changes are happening all the time. I grew up in a house of three girls. My dad goes, If you you were mad about something, he goes, Have you got your period? And my mum goes, That was really bad decision. (laughs) Bad decision. He goes, Well, someone in the house has got their period. (laughs) (laughs) And that's affecting everybody. So you have to be aware of what's going on in your child's physiological body as a teen. And it's going to come in and out.
1: Mm.
0: So you need to be aware.
1: And most of you have got children in the, what they would known as the Gen Z generation. The ones that are just coming out from about seven and below are known as the alphas. And we don't know how they're going to turn out, but that's, if you've got little <laughs> ones there, that's known as the alphas. But most of you have got what is known as the Gen Zs. And they are, these Gen Zs are the only known screen technology. They're always on their phones. Uh, many of them called the screen ages. That's another coined phrase. There's a whole lot of good things about the Gen Zs, but there's also some challenging things. And sometimes, because of our experience, the way we were brought up, we didn't have the technology they have, but they've grown up with technology. And technology is their lifeline. They need to be connected to it constantly, within reason. But you as parents, I said to you before, about you have the first voice privilege. Mums and dads never underestimate the value of your input and your influence. But your influence is only going to be the most effective is if you're doing it through relationship. Relationship is the key in everything. Because you may have been brought up and then you just said, yes sir, no sir, because your dad was more domineering or your mum was you know, very disciplinarian and you just followed the suit. This generation like to question everything And it's out of relationship. You don't want your kids just to be obedient out of fear. You want your kids to be obedient out of respect and out of honour, not just because you said so. And relationship is the key.
0: We called it parenting by stealth. So this is the way I built relationship with my kids as they're going into their teen years because teens don't work to a time schedule, okay? You ask them something, might be after school or whatever, and you go, how was your day? Fine. Great. Thanks for the insight. Um, So, anything else? No? Okay. Who'd you hang out with? No one? Who who gets conversations like that? So, we determined that that wasn't going to build relationship and didn't kind of get us inside their world. So, I went on my stealth-like parenting And I decided that I would crash their bedrooms. Because I was teaching, I had marking to do and all of that. So I would say, can I come hang on your bed while you're doing your homework? Yeah, sure. I said, I'm just going to do some marking. Just hang. Because, you know, a lot of times they have music on in the background. I would just start my marking. And then partway through, they'd just start. And I would be talking for 45 minutes straight because they started a conversation. And you know why? Because I was there. It doesn't happen if you're not there. You have to be available to have a conversation with and to have your full attention. So I just put my stuff to the side. I didn't necessarily look at them. You know, kids don't always want you staring them in the face. The best conversations happen in a car because you're not staring at them. Mm. Boys particularly hate that. They hate it when you... So, how was your day? Back off. So, me lying on their bed, them facing their desk, etc. and we had the best conversations. And, you know, I kind of rotated kids, <laughs> and so it depended what they were doing, depends whether they were playing music or whether they were doing something, and I'd just kind of say, can I come plonk on your bed? I mean, don't just rock up and go, I'm here. <laughs> don't, don't go in uninvited. <laughs> I would just say, is it okay if I hang? And they would go, sure. And, you know, I might bring up the MBA or something that they are interested in. And start that way. Work in something that they really enjoy. It might be music, it might be sport, whatever. And break into their worlds with something they love and get into that and learn about it. I mean, I can talk some MBA stuff, that's for sure. I'm all over that these days. But we have to be able to know the music. I've got a son who's a musician, so I have to know the music. You know, If you want to be part of their world, you have to get into it and learn about it. And it might not grab you. I mean, Brett shared last night about one son who was into doof-doof music because he started doing DJing, of all things. I mean, where did that come from? He just started DJing and he ended up being so good that people were using his work in Switzerland on the radio. And I'm like, what? You know, and then one it's time he was asked... a four million
1: downloads of this one particular music. We're thinking,
0: and we're, we should got a
1: dollar for one of those. We're, we're
0: yeah. scratching our head going, where? Where, where did this come from? But we got really caught up in it because that was something that he loved, but it was random. And so you've got to get caught up in some things that they like that you're not really a fan of, but you've got to show an interest because their interests do pass. They're not going to always be interested in those things.
1: So family, you've got... as yes. Parents, as I said, and it's through relationship, and I can't emphasise that enough. Friends are going to start taking more of a priority over their interests as you, as parents, and then they've got the media and the popular culture that's bombarding them with information. Uh, it's not untoward for a teenager by the age of eighteen would have seen, I think it's twenty million adverts in their lifetime. I mean, we, we couldn't even fathom that, but they're just bombarded with information all the time. And that is when we have to help guide them to become filters, not sponges, and absorbing everything in their world. Uh, Kate mentioned about the changes in adolescence, and this is just something to be aware of and to be fully versed, and that's be reading the, the physiological changes, the relational changes the psychological changes all of these things are going to take place and if you're not aware of it you might miss something it's not uncommon for many teenagers to become especially with their growth spurts to become very uncoordinated so they knock everything over and you might be saying ah oh, but they can't really help it because of the physiological changes taking place the hormonal changes the mood swings one day they're feeling great <laughs> And you're thinking you're, you know, crazy. But the hormonal changes, and as we said before, our son, who is very angelic in some respects, would just be vague. You're just testing one, two, three. Are you there? Not under his control, but those physiological changes are actually all part of life. And to actually understand and appreciate, because you all went through it, but in our day and age, they've got even more pressures because of social media and what they've been expected to look like, to sound like, behave, and what they meant to be part of this culture, instead of being countercultural, they're spending a lot of energy just trying to blend in and not stand out. This physiological changes, you know, kimples and their bodies changing. But as they're going through adolescence and as the things they're either going through at the moment or they're actually going to enter into they're going to be much more vulnerable to the popular culture, their peers, everything, and they're going to push the boundaries. And they're going through a process called individuation. They're trying to fit into the world. Where do they fit in? And that's the reason why you might have a 17-year-old who wants to say, I want to go out on my own. I need to find out who I am what I believe in, one of my value systems, even if it's contrary, they're actually just trying to find out. So in actual words, they're actually saying, back off, mum and dad. I've got this. I know what I want to do in my life. They don't really, but that's what they're saying.
0: Back off. They actually don't want you to go anywhere. They want you to give them that little bit of space. They don't want you to go anywhere because they know they need you. And so they think they're grown up, but they desperately need you to stay close because they have to be able to come to you. When things don't quite turn out as they thought they knew best. And
1: that's the reason why you need to maintain a relationship. You're listening to Brett and Kate Ryan for Focus on the Family, Australia. The Word for Today is Australia's most widely read daily devotional, designed to give you practical teaching to keep you focused on your relationship with Jesus. Read it online or subscribe to the free printed edition at thewordfortoday.com.au Welcome back to Focus on the Family Australia. Today's teenagers are growing up in an ever-changing landscape and we need to prepare them for life. My wife Kate and myself Brett Ryan spoke to Northreach Community Church on the topic of raising older children to give an overview and some easy-to-understand principles including managing conflict, understanding behaviour and individuation. But I'll tell you a story that happened to my dad, and my dad gave me permission to say this. When my sister, my older sister, went through this process, the individuation process, like that, she actually was saying, back off, Dad, I don't want you as part of my world. And so he thought that's what he was supposed to do, to give that space. So he disconnected. He thought he was doing the right thing. My sister, when she was about 35, came back and said, you weren't there for me and it sort of came back to bite him on the butt. And he regrets that, and she regrets ever saying, and she remembers saying, back off, Dad, I don't want you part of my world. So I'm saying, especially for fathers, is to maintain a relationship because they're looking for that positive role model. And the best person to do that is a dad that cares for them.
0: But I want to talk about the importance of fathers and daughters because daughters... Who don't feel genuinely loved by their father look elsewhere to get touch, praise, etc., etc. And so they can confuse love from a father with getting physical love from a guy because that's the way another guy is going to say they love them. So it's really important if there's a dad around that he tells his daughter how precious they are, that they are beautiful in his eyes. And More focus on the inside, yeah, the inside rather than the, outside. the inside. I'm talking about the inside, the precious nature of them because you don't want your daughter looking elsewhere to get the love that they actually need from a daddy. And that goes for a lot of years. It's all the way through. We need to know that our dads love us. There's broken homes and it's heartbreaking. I know because my parents were broken at one point and they were restored. But my father always, always, always told us three girls that we were precious to God and to Him. And, you know, he would write us notes to say, I'm so proud of you, of who you're becoming. And so it's really important that not only the words, but touch. We need touch. If you read anywhere in the world that the children who are in orphanages die for lack of touch. You know when they're little and you cuddle them all the time and then they start to grow up a bit and you get to school and they go, don't kiss me in public. What they really are saying is, I'm growing older, but I'll kiss you in the car, you know. (laughs) They still need it. They need to be hugged. They need to be kissed on the top of the head or wherever it is, the healthy touch where it's just snuggling. Mm. And so it's really important that we build those relationships and we don't forget that our sons need encouragement and respect. Our daughters need love and touch. And our sons need touch too.
1: So when you are saying back off, see, you're an incredibly good manager. You manage everything. You could manage what they ate, you manage what they wore, almost manage who they hung around. And as they're going through this process where friends and peer pressure is going to become much more prevalent, they're saying, you're sacked, you're fired. And then you're unemployed for a while. But if you maintain a relationship with them during those years, they might realise by the time of 18, 19, mum and dad actually know some stuff. Actually, you really do know lots of things. They might hire you as a consultant. Yeah. Yeah. And consultants make much more money than managers.
0: <laughs> it doesn't mean that you allow your children to be rude... Or disrespectful. ..or not follow the rules of the house. Do you know what I mean? It's not, well, they don't want me in my world. Oh, we're out of here and they're 16. It's just not how it works. They've still got to follow the rules of the house and be respectful. I think that just means that they talk in a respectful manner. They need to honour that you are the, the mother and the father in the home and your motive is always for their best. And it has to be that that is your motive, that you want the best for them, not that you just want them to follow your rules. Because if that's what you're trying to get, that's going to damage relationship. What is your motive for getting them to follow that rule? Is it just because you want their obedience because that's going to wear very that's very thin. You're saying
1: about respect becoming the idol of it.
0: Yeah. So it needs to be very much a you've got your rules there to protect, to keep them safe as they're getting older. Those are the rules you've got in place because they're going to be faced with a lot of as Brett was saying, the media, their peers, a lot of rubbish is going to come across their path. And so the rules you set in place have to be to protect them and teach them how to protect themselves, OK? You need to give them that narrative of, of how to protect themselves when stuff comes up. And I'll give a, a quick example with that. So all of our boys are exposed to pornography around the age of 12 in a Christian school. Somebody put a phone in front of their faces. I can tell you how mad I was And of course, my very first response was I burst into tears, which then upset my son, which then he walked away. And fortunately, Brett picked up on that kind of response because I wasn't crying because my son had seen pornography. I was crying that he'd lost his innocence and not that he'd looked at it. I wasn't there to shame him. It is something that happened to him. It is something that You know, men are turned on by sight and so when something's put in their face, they're going to have a quick look. And so we have to be very careful when our children tell us something because we don't want to shut them down. So I spoke to my son. I said, I will never, ever have that reaction again. And this is why I did. I said it was because I was angry with those other people, not with you, and I want you to be able to come and tell me. Okay, fast forward. By this time, all three boys have now been exposed to pornography. And so we said to them, okay, if the urge to look happens, you have to give your kids a narrative, okay? And you're saying, I understand the urge to look, you know, because this is the internet, you know? It's push of a button and it's in your face. So we said, if you have that urge while you're doing your homework or whatever, come and tell us. We'll head outside, shoot some baskets, put on something, you know, praise and worship, whatever, whatever it is. That's distraction. You know when a little kid keeps pulling something out and you distract them with something else? Same concept. You need to give them a narrative, say it's okay, come and talk to me about it. You know, I'm not going to go, oh, that's disgusting. It's like, oh, I understand that. Come on out. Let's go do whatever or get your brother and head out there and shoot some baskets. Now, fast forward again. Okay. Now we've got three young men in their 20s, we have the eldest one who can see anything that the 21-year-old looks at on his computer. The second one has the youngest one with the password to his computer. And so they've put checks and balances on each other, but we've given them the narrative right from the very first time they were exposed So we have to teach them how to protect themselves because the urge is always there. It doesn't go away. It's just how you manage it. And so we've had to, we teach them, you have to teach them how to protect yourself so no further damage is done. And so if you can teach your children that the reason you've got things in place is for their protection for the future so that they learn how to do that themselves because we want them to be able to self-manage. That's part of growing up. So at the initial rate, you've got checks on the computer, you've got locks on the computer, you've got this, you've got that, everything to protect them. Then you've got to teach them how to have an internal checks and balance and then how to set up anybody else, mentors, friends, whoever, to keep them accountable. So you're trying to teach them how to move into that adult phase. Everything you do should be preparing them to move them into becoming an adult. And so you've got to start with you setting it and then part you, part them, then them, then friends, mentors, etc. cetera. Um, and so that that is really, really important.
1: But basically, remember, your kids are going to make mistakes. They're not perfect. They're human. they have feelings. And if I was speaking to a group of teenagers how to get along with their parents, I'd be saying, remember, your parents are human. They have feelings. They have emotions. They're going to disappoint you, vice versa. Understanding that, Your honesty and your vulnerability is going to set the tone for them later on. The idea that in our day and age, sometimes we're so fixated on results that we forget about the effort. As long as they're giving their very best, not every child is going to be the top of the class. Not every kid's going to be good at sport. But if they put in the effort, praise the effort more than the results couple of other things, uh, Kate mentioned about responding, not reacting. Actually, Kate overreacted in that situation, and it, when you overreact, it shuts the conversation up. If you open up, for example, if you've got a child who's 11 years or 12 years of age, here's a script that you could use. Hey, I went to a parenting seminar tonight, and they mentioned about images that pop up on the screen that make people feel yucky, or, or it could be a picture of someone naked or semi-naked. Have you ever seen something like that? they can respond one of two ways. Oh, no, 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 I've never seen that. No, 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 never, never. No, I can't believe you asked me that question. Okay, that's all right. I just want to let you know that if you do happen to see an image on the screen, I want you to come and tell me because you might have some questions. Or or now that you mentioned it, yes, I have seen it once, maybe twice, three times, that's it. I've never seen it more than three times. But it starts the conversation because... If they can't be truthful and you overreact, they won't come and tell you anything that's going on in their world. So that's really important, learning to respond, not react.
0: And if you do, apologise, because they need to know that we make mistakes too.
1: We hope the information you have heard has been helpful. We invite you to tune in next time for part two of this talk on parenting older children. To find more helpful resources on parenting teenagers, go to our website at families.org.au. I'm Brett Ryan and you're listening to Focus on the Family Australia.
0: Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.